Welcome back to the Tape Store, everyone. This is Toby. And this is Brooke. We were made in the 80s. And played in the 90s. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas Eve. It's Christmas Eve. It is the perfect holiday night. Yes, it's the night when Santa comes. <laughs> we hope that this episode of the Tape Store finds you warm and merry. Yes. And all the wonderful things that come with the holidays. Exactly. I'm just going to go ahead and say uh, that there may be an interruption <laughs> from one of our children. Yes. Because of... Just the crazy holidays. Yeah, we've uh, kind of been off our regular schedule. Yes, very much so. And, you know, we just did not want to go another day not having a show drop on Thursday. Yes, yes. You know, we wanted to meet you guys on Throwback Thursday, even though it's Christmas Eve. This could be a great way if, you know, you have the opportunity. Yes, if you, if you have nothing to do and you need to chill, yeah. this is there. And if not, we it'll be there when you get to we it. We are here and we are happy to have you. Otherwise, yes, get but to us you may hear you may hear our um our kids come yes, in. Yes, if our daughter <laughs> or our son come in, this may be their debut on the Tape Store <laughs> podcast. So let's get started, though, because okay. we do have to kind of dispense with the pleasantries. But right. we hope you're all having a wonderful holiday season. And here we go. Mm-hmm. So we're doing Home Alone 2. Yes. Lost, Lost in New York. in New York. Yes. Sorry. No, that's fine. <laughs> we are continuing the Home Alone saga, which I really only narrow down to two films. Yes, I'm sorry. I know there's a third, but there's not a third. Well, I found out there's a fourth one. What? It no. was made for TV, and apparently it actually deals with the McAllister family. Oh, and it's Kevin, but it's a different actor. Right. So, which I, I'm not going to have that. I don't. I'm not going to have it. Three I don't and four. accept. I'm sorry. I know that's probably terrible. But and apparently, like, I apparently, can't. there's some kind of a remake. I don't even want to talk about it. Home Alone Two: Lost mm-hmm. in New York, where I believe the Home Alone saga actually Ends. ended. Yes. Unless, now Macaulay Culkin did do like a commercial where he like he redid all a lot of the moments from the movie as an adult. Well, and that I'm was fine pretty with cute. That, that was that was cute. That that's like George Lucas if he decided I want to make a Star Wars movie tomorrow. Well, it is George Lucas. So I accept it. He is the creator of the Star Wars universe. If he wants if you know, if yeah. it, if he says something's canon, it's canon. Right, right. You know. So I I accept that. Right. But yeah, three and four, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> we can consider that the mythology the expanded universe right, yeah. whatever but we are talking about the second home loan movie which managed to be just as good as the first movie I- i'll say when i was a kid home alone 2 was my favorite yeah i actually first i don't know why i th- i think it was because of harry and marv right but um that the stuff in the second one just tickled me even more than the first one well i tell you this movie i actually saw in the theater you know home alone i didn't see in the theaters because mm-hmm. it really came out of nowhere yeah. It was a big hit that came out of nowhere. I think the first time I saw Home Alone was at, I was at this church Christmas party. Uh. <laughs> that I, you know, and all the parents and everybody was, no, it wasn't. It was a church New Year's party. Oh, okay. So it was actually rather depressing. I'm watching a movie about Aww. Christmas. You know that Christmas depression. Yes, it's big. The post-Christmas, Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> the post-Christmas depression is real. But really, you have post-holiday depression. Like, yeah, I may, do. Like, I mean, not every holiday. I'm like, who cares about Valentine's Day? But like, you know, like Halloween, Halloween, Halloween big depression. Big Hanukkah and Christmas, big ha- depression. Halloween is just as bad, if not worse, than Christmas. It is. But For I us, had, it I is. I had that post-Christmas depression, and here we are watching Home Alone in the kids' room while the adults are partying it up. Yes. Uh, and uh, as a, a church party can have for, for right. New Year's Eve. But that's the first time I saw Home Alone. 
Home Alone 2 I saw with my sister, my mom, and my grandmother. Oh, fun. So I actually did see yeah, this. Yeah, because you knew, okay, that, based on the first one, you knew yeah. this one was going to be good. I was 12 years old. So Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, was directed yes. by Christopher Columbus. He makes his return. Uh, he directed the first film. Right. Written and produced by the same guy, John Hughes, and it has that same feel. It has that yes. Christopher Columbus John Hughes feel. It has the same like yeah tone. The music is still yeah, John well, Williams, it's so John it's Williams. still it's still whimsical yes. and magical. So because that, it was it, it really did feel that we were simply watching yeah. a continuation. It, from, yeah, it really felt like the first one didn't end. We're just in the next year, right? Like which is always good for a sequel. Mm-hmm. It stars Macaulay Culkin, of course. He returns in his role as Kevin McAllister. Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern. Hmm. Return as Harry and Marv, respectively. Catherine O'Hara as Kate McAllister, Kevin's mother. John Hurd as Peter McAllister, Kevin's father. We have a new character, Brenda Fricker. She plays the Central Park Pigeon Lady. I'm going to talk about her. And we have a couple of new people as well. Tim Curry (laughs) as Mr. Hector, the concierge at the Plaza Hotel. I love him. And Rob Schneider, the... Footman or bellhop, yeah, bellhop or whatever. Uh, Cedric, Cedric at the Plaza Hotel. So we have a few new players, but all the core cast is there as well. Right. Uh, Home Alone Two was released November twentieth, nineteen ninety two. So just some some basic information there to set the uh, set the steen scene. I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Let's talk about the opening credits. Very similar to the first film. Yeah. The familiar John Williams overture. Um, over the opening credits with the Home Alone Blue House logo, yep. except this time it's amidst this city skyline. Yes. So telling us that, obviously, it's We're a Home bit, Alone in a different way. Yeah, Home Alone in a different way, very much so. We open on the McAllister home in the very opulent Chicago suburb, decked out for Christmas. It looks pretty much like the first film. Yeah. Not only outside, but also inside. It's chaotic with family Yet everywhere. Again. Yeah. So we have the McAllister family. But Uncle Frank and his family are there as well. Yeah, so all the, the same players. Right. We see Uncle Frank, still a jerk. Yes. We see Buzz, still a still tool. Still a jerk. Yeah, still a tool. Yep. And a jerk. Fuller, still drinking stuff. Coke this time instead <laughs> yes, of Pepsi. Coke. It's Coke instead of Pepsi. <laughs> and I would, I would like to draw attention to Fuller's wonderful holiday sweaters. Real quick, that he yeah. wears throughout this. Like, if you haven't watched it, you need to go back and watch just the outrageous 90s sweaters they give this child yeah. in every scene. Who it's, is Kieran Culkin. Yes. Macaulay Culkin's Another Culkin. A Culkin yeah. child. Would make sense. They're yes. all in the same family. So, so he has move. wonderful sweaters that I envy, to be honest. So Kevin is in his mom's room. Kate. He has a nice banter with her. And Kevin has a gadget. He's recording a hotel commercial for the Plaza Hotel, actually, right. which, which is going to make an appearance, some foreshadowing there. And he's recording it with a talk boy, Ugh. which is a handheld tape recorder that we all wanted. Yes, I wanted a talk girl. This movie, yeah. To be precise. So it was a handheld cassette recorder. Right. It recorded on a, on a cassette. And... You could change the speed. You yep. could you could do certain things. It had a little uh, microphone that extended out of it. It just it, it just looked cool. It looked cool, and and this film really made it popular. Oh gosh, yeah. The family is planning another holiday vacation, not to Paris this time, to Florida. <sighs> which, if this is something, if you're listening 
and you're in the tape store right now. Yep. And you're with us. We love you. Yes. But I do fundamentally disagree with it being a good idea to go anywhere warm or hot for Christmas. Now, look, somebody might be like, well, that's what I do. And I'm like, and that's That's wonderful. And we still love you. I just, I'm with Kevin. Kevin has an issue with this. He's like, there's no Christmas trees in Florida. There's no, you know, ever. And the problem with Kate's response to it is that she, she completely invalidates him. Right. And I, and I, she may not agree. She didn't have to agree. Because we're seeing the beginning of the fact that, Apparently, Kate McAllister or any of the McAllister family didn't learn anything from the first film. No, they still don't give a crap about what no, Kevin have, thinks about things. Yeah, we're going to get into that a little more, but yeah. go ahead. Yeah, no, but she just basically, like, well, whatever, get a palm tree and decorate it. I'm right? Like, yeah, what, no, you, I'm that, like Kate. Like you 100 percent know that that's not the same thing. I remember that. Uh, I think it's a Corona beer commercial. Yeah, where the guy is whistling a Christmas tree, yep. and, mm-hmm. and and he lights a um palm tree mm-hmm. and i just remember being like that doesn't look appealing whatsoever that makes me want to throw in the trash no. what i want to see is the the budweiser clydesdale horses in blizzard weather yes uh the the soup kid the kid the snowman that yes, turns, that into, turns the kid. into the kid yes that's what we want to see that's what we need and that's and that's where or Ke- even the a nose indeed deserves puffs indeed right. child and that's kevin that's where kevin's at that's where we're parked at yeah but if if, if you're if you're one of these people that's like i just want to go somewhere warm for christmas go for it but this is what the family's doing. Kevin seems to have an issue with it. At any rate, like Brooke said, yeah. they're just like, ah, well, Kevin. Eh. Peter walks in, you know, the dad, yes. John Hurd, and accidentally unplugs his alarm clock while getting a battery for his camcorder. And he's got the camcorder because there is a Christmas pageant. That's what they're getting ready for. Right. So he's too busy getting the camcorder and doesn't yeah. realize he unplugs his alarm. Which my mom had that exact alarm clock. Right. With the pa- the wooden paneling yep. on it, oh yeah. yeah, I don't know. Why. I think she still has it. Everything to be had honest. paneling. I know. I still want a car with wood paneling. So all the McAllister kids are participating in this pageant. I don't know how they got buzzed to wear a robe and sing songs about baby Jesus. I don't know how I'm... that happened, but anyway, they must all, have bribed him with something. All the McAllister kids, we see all of them, all the brothers and sisters, and Kevin. Maybe has, it's like their church or something. Yeah, Kevin know. has a solo. And he sounds so sweet. He's, right. But during it, Buzz, who is played by the same kid, yeah, same actor, does a horrible thing. He begins mocking Kevin, and he, and he's behind him with because they're all holding these, I think, electric, little fake candles, like fake yeah. candles, and he's like drumming on Kevin's head and being funny and silly and like you know I don't know if he's acting like they're horns or something, yeah. Completely first humiliates himself, which... Which I guess isn't a problem because... It's not a problem for Buzz. Whatever. Because he's completely a corrupted individual. But what's worse is the response. He Well, he humiliates himself. He humiliates Kevin. He humiliates the McAllister family. And Uncle Frank, they're watching, and the most that Peter and Kate McAllister can do is just look appalled. But they should be appalled at themselves because how long has this stuff been going on? But that's not even my issue. My issue is the entire audience thinks it's funny. Oh, yeah. The audience is awful, too. That's what I'm saying. Like To me, it's almost worse because right. the audience validates his poor, but, poor behavior. But keeping it to the McAllister family, yeah, yeah. Uncle Frank is just having the time of his life. Because he's, he's awful. Because Uncle Frank's awful. He is. He is legit a terrible human. I'm sorry. And the only <laughs> person that's going to say the quiet part out loud in this movie mm-hmm. is Kevin. And here we go. Yep. Kevin... But before we get there, Kevin, as any little brother would do, he turns around and sees what's going on after his solo. Also, real quick, why is the choir director not saying anything? 
Yeah, I because they, like, they're all idiots. As a t- we're teachers, yeah. I'd be like, oh, get your I, I, no, right. No. I'm done. Kevin, as any little brother would do, attacks Buzz, knocking him <laughs> yeah. off the risers, which causes a domino effect. All the kids in the choir are knocked off the risers. <laughs> the song is done. <laughs> a wooden stand-up Christmas tree falls forward and knocks out or knocks off onto the ground the poor piano accompanist who is this elderly woman. Well, she should have done something. And Kate stands up in normal Kate McAllister fashion <sighs> and screams at Kevin as he's the last person standing when the curtains drop amid this melee. <laughs> Buzz has single-handedly ruined the Christmas pageant and humiliated his family. We then go back to we're back home. the McAllister home. In the family meeting. And the scene is horrible. As we watch in full display, the, I mean, we're seeing it once again, the same exact yep. dysfunctional McAllister family and it's a- issues. And it's actually, it's worse this year. It's the same dysfunctional McAllister family crap Mm -hmm. from the first movie. As Buzz gives this rehearsed apology. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I've humiliated my family or something. And then he turns to Kevin. Doesn't mean a word of it. A a, a most disingenuous apology that only Buzz could give. Much to Uncle Frank's approval, who's still laughing about the whole thing, right? Kate, who we really look to as like, Okay. Come on, say something. Now, 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 you've been through this, right? This is Whole not your first rodeo, and this likely happens all year. With everybody going around, and mm-hmm. and Kevin, you know, Kate, after seemingly going through all these lessons learned, a life changing situation from the first film, seems to have backslidden, mm-hmm. and in what is nothing short of appalling, she buys Buzz's pathetic display. And the family even claps when Buzz gets done. Ugh. It's clear the McAllisters have very low expectations for Buzz. And, yeah. their, and their children in general. Right. And if that's not worse, she turns to Kevin, who was really the provoked victim of this whole thing. Right. And, and expects him to own up. She's like, Ke- Kevin, do you have something to say? Now, Kevin, remember, the family doesn't know what Kevin went through. He just said he just hung around. So they don't know. That's right. He never told them. Uh, we're, we're presuming he never told them about Harry Marv. One, Kevin's underestimated at the beginning of the first film. But second, yes. with everything that Kevin went through, being on his own for that period of time, and then going up against two grown criminals. Right. Idiotic, no, matter, no matter how stupid they may no be. No matter how stupid they are. Kevin has a wit and intelligence far greater than any of his family. Well, he says the quiet part out loud. He refuses to apologize. He cites that Buzz humiliated him and the family lets him get away with everything and the family is stupid for this mm-hmm. all which is 100 percent true right right and a horrid move peter kevin's dad who has never failed in failing to defend his son seriously takes a jab at kevin about sleeping on the third floor which should actually be connected to a horrifying memory right yes you'd think that they'd either never speak about it again or that they would have all gone to freaking family therapy over right that. but they gonna need it again Uncle Frank attempts to berate Kevin. He jumps in because who stops Uncle not? Frank? Why not? Who's, who has stopped Uncle Frank from being a total jerk to the, to this child, a kid? I know, a child. And he's talking to Kevin like he's an adult. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, you better not ruin my vacation or something like that. And Kevin actually returns yep. and, and shocks the family when he calls Frank a cheapskate. <laughs> now, remember... The family has no idea of the events that transpired during the first film. So yeah, again, Kevin has like legit grown up like he's 10 not years. the same kid. Yeah. No. 
I'm gonna stop and take a sip of coffee. Here. I know. As as you're taking that sip, uh, someone, uh, one of our one of our good friends actually uh, said, "Oh, I listened to your Home Alone episode," and she's like, and I'm she was laughing because she was like, "You are on a major soapbox about Kevin's family," but I'm like, "Yeah, because I'm a parent now, right?" And when I was a kid, I was like, "Bah, they're not fair. That's crap." But now, like as an adult who should be making proper decisions for my children. I'm appalled because right. Yossi, you know, like we've said, our son, he's watched it and he doesn't call it Home Alone. He calls it Lost and Found Boy and then Lost and Found Boy in New York. So, I mean, he's not wrong, but uh, he just he I mean, when I watch him watch it. Right. And I'm a mom. He's like, Mom, why are they so mean? I'm like, I right. don't know. That's the thing. And Mommy and Daddy if would little, never leave you behind. You know, little kids are very sensitive to that yes. stuff. And he picks up on everybody being mean to Kevin. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not that... Kevin doesn't have his moments of being annoying or whatever, but it's overwhelmingly lopsided yeah. against him. Yeah, I'm sure. Look, he's definitely precocious. He's definitely probably that kid that kind of prods and prods. I'm not saying he's perfect, but no, you but as the adult again, should always one, be the better person. My biggest fear is the. I, I, I'm not worried about a kid like Kevin. No. I'd be more worried about like, oh my gosh, in a few years time, Buzz is going to go out into the world and we'll see oh. how long he has before he's in the slammer seriously because he's already like just doing a misogynist horrible. child and he's and he's a bully and he has no expectations put on it mom pa- apparently is just loves him no matter what which you should right. love him but golly reprimand well, your kids as we know Ooh. we we know where this is going sorry we know where this is going the family turns their anger to kevin kevin ends up banished to the third floor which you would think that they would almost seal it off like it's the dang West right. Wing from Beauty and the Beast. Right. Kate comes up and tries to comfort him and gives a terrible effort. Kevin appeals to her that he's being crapped on, and he's right. He's right. But she dismisses it and even defends Buzz again and says, look, Buzz apologized. Which means, i.e., he put together a coherent paragraph's worth of sentence. Right, right. Kevin, that he probably had already contrived before he did this. Because remember he said, my prank, because he had already planned it. Which means he'd already planned the response. So well, he knew what he was going to have to do. Kevin, but he didn't mean it. Yeah, well, Kevin tries once again to explain to his mom the truth about Buzz. And again, why Kate needs to be um, you know, convinced of this is beyond me. But she again dismisses it and stands her ground that he should return Buzz's apology with his own. Boo. Kevin refuses, rightfully so. I think we should all agree with that. Buzz and, needed more consequences than just, hey, say you're sorry. Yeah. And He's rem- grown. Yeah. So Kevin remains banished to the third floor. Then it's wish time. Kevin asserts to his mother that he'd like a vacation without his thoughtless family. And it's just like the first film. You know, uh, he, he basically says, I wish, you know, I didn't have to deal with you guys. Yeah. And Kate brings up the previous year, which is the first film, but uses it against Kevin. So they had this great moment at the end of the first film. Yeah. And then she's like, well, you got your wish last year. You'll get it again this year. Again, she's learned so nothing. What is wrong with these people? Right. So Kevin says he hopes so. And for a moment, just like in the first film, after mm-hmm. Kevin kind of like says, you know what? I hope I never see you guys for the rest of my life. And she seems hurt by that for a moment. And, and in this moment, in this film, mm-hmm. Kate seems pierced by Kevin saying he hopes that he doesn't have to spend time with them, right. you know, on vacation. But she leaves Kevin anyway. And that night, as everyone goes to bed, mm-hmm. that Chicago wind, that magical, mystical the North wind blows, home alone <laughs> wind blows. Uh, not it is the John, not Williams knocking wind. the power out, but it does blow an old newspaper across the McAllister's home. And a headline tells us on that newspaper that the Wet Bandits, Harry and Marv, have <laughs> escaped. 
In a prison riot. In a prison riot, yeah, and are at large. <laughs> the next morning, we pretty much have a repeat of the first film. Because of Peter's blunder with the alarm clock, the McAllisters... Yeah, have, we did it again! They slept in again. And that great music, that... Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Man, John the Williams can really... Ensues. He can write a theme. The families load into the van, and this time Kevin makes it. So, so far, so good. Yeah, because uh, because yeah, because yeah, he's learned to take care of himself. Right. He was in the front seat. He goes, yeah, good thing I got my own ticket. Yep. Because, because they, they threw his ticket even... away in the first one. They threw it in the trash. Uh, the trash. As the family rushes. With his empty yeah. pizza boxes. I'm still not over yeah, it. That Buzz ate his pizza. We, just... we know. Yeah, and As the family rushes through the airport, Kevin falls behind. He's rummaging through his debt. Now, look, this is Kevin's fault right here. Th- this part right. is. This part is Kevin's fault. Only Je- this part, though. Only this part. Kevin falls behind because he's rummaging through his dad's bag trying to get batteries for his talk boy. <laughs> That is such, and and that is such a kid thing. But because it seems to be a, a regularly flexed muscle that the family overlooks, Kevin. Right, right. They, they just leave him behind. Right, because and I was telling Toby this when we were watching. I said, "Here's the thing. I mean, my kids are either going to be beside me or in front. Yeah, of me. forget just like forget an airport. Forget just. I mean, let's just out to eat or right. whatever. You know, pre-pandemic. <laughs> you know, like I mean, I have to be touching my like. I need to be able to grab." A kid's shoulder, head, yeah. something, because that's how I know they're there. Yeah, you so get, if I'm in an airport, right. I am even like I don't. Even, I'm way more conscious. Right. So if Which my kids fall behind, I'm like, whoa, we're stopping. I don't yeah, care for this late. This is a busy, packed airport around the um, the holidays. Yeah, and again, you know, Peter is actually so it's like mom's in the front, Kate. Yeah, then you got the rest of the family, and then you have Peter, and then behind Peter is Kevin. Right. Kevin stops and puts the batteries in his talk boy, mm-hmm. and. He's left behind and is confused because a man dressed similarly to Peter, he's wearing like the same brown coat and red scarf. Yeah, yeah. You know. He thinks, oh, okay. He confuses Kevin, so Kevin follows him instead of his actual father. And the McAllisters board the plane. Kevin follows the man he mistakes for his dad and boards another flight, but crashes into a ticket agent at the gate. Tickets go everywhere. They really don't have time to gather up all the tickets. The lady just goes, Are you get on there. Yeah. Get, get on the plane. And, you know, we'll ensure as long as your family's on the plane, you're good. You know, we'll just take your word for it. But back when, and this is before. Oh, ni- gosh. I well, mean. Well, this is before 9-11. Yeah, you know? I mean, it was just so different. Yeah. Kevin it see- made for great movies, yeah. I'll tell you Kevin that. sees the man he thinks is Peter and is allowed to stay on the plane, the wrong plane. Mm. And this is how it happens. Both flights leave. Kevin gets settled, still with his father's bag, puts his headphones in for the flight and misses the flight attendant's announcement that they are on American Airlines Flight 176 nonstop to New York. (laughs) The McAllister family is on their flight to Miami, and Kate gets another terrible feeling. Which you'd think she'd roll with quicker. Yeah, and, you know, maybe, you know, that does happen sometimes. You kind of get these moments. Like a premonition. I I get on planes, and sometimes I have this moment of anxiety when I sit down. Yeah, yeah. It's just there's not a lot of space, there's a lot of people, and then it goes away. Yeah. You know, but, but Kate should have learned from experience that this feeling means she's lost Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> like there's no other thing she's forgotten. It's yes. just her kid. The flights land. Kevin lands in New York. Yeah. And he doesn't know it's New York yet, but he just knows that the flight has landed and he cannot find his family. The McAllisters land in Miami. And this is where mm-hmm. the first realization is made. It is by Kate when Kevin's bag isn't claimed. No, it's Peter, really. Well, they pass the bags up. Yeah, and because I think this is the scene we posted on Instagram because yes, it is. ends with Fuller 
Fuller looks for Kevin, not there. And then they pass it all the way back through all the kids. Again, no one's, everyone's saying Kevin's not here, Kevin's not here. No one's right. really. And then Kate to Peter, Kevin's not here. And then and Kate then he realizes. goes, wait, no, Peter goes, Kevin's not here? Yes. Hey, baby. Kate, it's happened again. Yeah. And what do we have? Kevin! Yep. And she faints. <laughs> and our son has just walked in. Hey. Hey, buddy. This is Yossi. Say hi. Hi. How you doing? We're, now, ta- oh, we're talking about Lost and Found Boy. Yeah, we're talking about Lost and Found Boy. Now, are you, what is it? Do you need Mommy and Daddy's help with something? What do you need? Um. <laughs> well, you came in here. I thought you needed something. <laughs> you want a snack? <laughs> what would you like? <laughs> what do you want? I don't know. Well, think of it. We're going to keep going. Okay? This kid would love a talk boy. Right. I'll, I'll say that. He probably would. And we get in a lot of trouble, I'm sure. Yes. Now, Kevin Kevin looks out the window and realizes that he's not in Florida. He sees this massive skyline. And we actually see a cameo appearance by Ali Sheedy, who is a ticket agent. Yes. And she informs him. He's like, where am I? You mm-hmm. know, and she's like, you're in New York. <gasps> and Kevin is worried at first. But then, just like in the first movie. But his he, sweet little, I'll be fine. Yeah, that kills me. He realizes that he's gotten his wish. With his dad's money. Remember, yeah, he's got his Ke- whole wallet. Kevin's not just alone. He's got his dad's bag, which has his dad's wallet, his dad's um, credit cards. If you want a snack, buddy, go ahead. All right. So with his dad's money, he's able to run all over New York, and the party begins, right? Meanwhile, Kate and Peter go to the Miami police and are confronted. This was this a great is, scene. Th- yeah, this was like, oh, man. They yeah. would have had CPS called on them. You can have that. Yossi has gotten a honey bun. We just since you guys are in on the story, and you at least need to know how it ends. Our little Kevin McAllister that does yes. not get lost. Yes. So here we see this is a very satisfying scene. Yeah. We have Peter and Kate that have to sit and basically have this cop look at them like, "Are you guys serious?" Like your parents. And they're so essentially, Kate and Peter are confronted with their incompetence as parents. Yeah. They are forced to admit that they've left Kevin before, and they don't even know. They don't even know at what point in the trip they lost. No, him. they don't even know. That's and that's. This is much more frightening. Actually, yeah, it's way worse. And they see their irresponsibility and negligence as parents. It's which again, quite, I'm surprised the cop wasn't like. Um, you can see the way he's looking at him, and, and yeah, I, and I thought it was actually a good scene to write in. Like, yeah, these these they're they're not doing a great job here. No. Back in New York, we find that not only is Kevin there, but Marvin Harry are on the run, and they decide, you know, they're not going to go back to Chicago. They go to New York, and they're no longer the wet bandits. They're now the sticky bandits. (laughs) Thanks to uh, Marv. Thanks to Marv, walking around with, like, all this tape wrapped around, and he just, he he snatches, like, mittens and hats throughout the film, (laughs) uh, scarves. He's really like a kid in an adult body. Yes, he is. So... Now, the, the Sticky Bandits and Kevin have not met yet, so we just see separately the Sticky Bandits right. are at large and in New York. Still exploring, Kevin meets a woman known only in the film as the Central Park Pigeon Lady, and that is played by Oscar-winning actress Brenda Fricker. She's Irish. Love her. I believe she's Irish. She sa- I mean, she sounds Irish in yeah. the movie. I don't know if she's Irish yeah, for she, real, for real. Yeah, she, I think she is. She initially frightens him. She's unkempt. She's wearing a lot of layers of clothes. She kind of mm-hmm. has this ominous appearance. She's covered with birds, so yeah. so it's 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 a pretty intense appearance. But it's you know it's the Home Alone formula. It's yes. the she's the we Mr. have Marley. a person who thinks yeah she that we think that yeah she's the Boo Radley. 
you know, there's a there's a person that we think is a foe, but they right. turn out to be one someone we learn yeah. a lesson from, and two a great help yes. in the end. Yes, and it's it, look. I love this formula, even though, yes, we know exactly right. what's going to happen. I am here for it every time. So, Kevin, the only place that Kevin is familiar with in New York is the Plaza Hotel from the commercial he saw earlier. Right. You know, he that he recorded with his talk. Well, he records a couple things with that talk. Well, he records. Yeah, we, there's a scene we didn't, we forgot to mention well, about. Well, he, he records um, the, uh, the, the Plaza Hotel from home. Yes. And also records Uncle Frank singing and screaming at him. Yes. When he goes in to get his... Which I, think, I always love that Yeah, scene. he gets his like, necktie from the shower or some, something from the... It was his tie, yeah. Yeah, and Frank was in there And singing. he told him not to go in there, but he was like, they were yeah, like, whatever, yeah. just go in there anyway. Yeah, and Frank, of course, yells at him, calls him a pervert and all that. <laughs> Jeez. Anyway, Frank's terrible. So, back to the Plaza Hotel. This is the only place that Kevin really knows, hey, I, I remember this. Yeah. You know, from the commercial. So, he goes to the Plaza Hotel. He enters the luxurious hotel. This is a luxurious, huge hotel. Yeah. Clearly, probably incredibly expensive. Oh, yeah. And here we have another cameo. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump, who actually helps point Kevin to the lobby. He's like, excuse me, sir, where's the lobby? And he goes, oh, it's just right over there. You know, and it's Donald Trump who actually owned the hotel during the film's production. And I believe I'd read in doing some just preliminary research on the film that I read somewhere that Trump owned the hotel and they asked to use it for filming and he was like, yeah, but I want to be in the movie. So, right. So, so we have our cameo. Yeah, another, our, another cameo. Another famous cameo, you know, and looking much younger, future yes. president. <laughs> Lord. So using his talk boy, Kevin impersonates his father and is able to book a room at this hotel. Here he's noticed by Mr. Hector. One of the favorite oh, yes. characters in this film, honestly, is... Tim Curry. He's just great. He's a, he, he plays a great anything, but I love him as a villain slash foe. Right. He's, the he's, com- not so, he's not villainous, but you no, know, he's kind, of, he's he's kind just, of our foil in he's this. He's uppity, and he's just, you know, he appears to not like kids. He's the concierge of the hotel. Yeah. He's kind of snooty. Yeah. He immediately is suspicious of Kevin, just because apparently, it really just, he just looks at Kevin and immediately- He's a kid. Yeah. And he's probably that like, seems to be what it is. kids are dirty. Kids are, ugh. Well, he Kev- looks like that kind of guy. Kevin is able to talk his way into, you know, making up a story about, hey, my dad's out. Because you know, as we know, he is incredibly smart. I'm here. He gave me his credit card, you know, and he gets a room. Kevin is shown to his room by Butler or Bellhop, Cedric, played by Rob Schneider, who shows Kevin to his room, which is one of the finest suites in the hotel. God knows how much this was at oh night. gracious. Kevin checks the room out, and Cedric looks through his bag because Hector told Cedric, keep tabs on this kid. Cedric isn't able to find very much information, you know, and he asks Kevin for a tip who gives him a stick of the worst gum <laughs> in the world, fruit stripe gum. Oh, it is the worst, it, but it, it's such a 90s, yeah. like, <laughs> such a 90s thing Because the have. flavor only lasted like a few seconds. Like three seconds, yeah. So Kevin lives it up at the hotel, orders room service, watches movies, eats tons of ice cream, watches movies he probably shouldn't watch, like Angels with Even Filthier Souls. <laughs> It, it was a sequel to the movie. It's a film within a film in this movie. Yes. Sequel to the film within a film in the first it's movie. It's so great. With the same trigger-happy, organized crime dude who maniacally murders, this time a woman who is cheating on him. Right. And and the woman's very young. Yeah. He is very old. Yeah. And he, like, just completely blows he her He annihilates away. her, yeah. man. It's awful. She got Poor blown Kevin. Away. Poor yeah. Kevin covers his little eyes. All right. 
Later that night, Mr. Hector slips into the suite to see what the deal is with this kid. Yeah, he, he disguised himself highly as room illegal, service. Highly illegal. Oh, yeah. Kevin runs into the bathroom, starts the shower, and plays what we mentioned before, his recording of Uncle Frank singing in the shower and then screaming at Kevin. Of course, this tricks Hector, who thinks he's being yes, yelled at. Because he knows full well he's not supposed to be doing what he's doing. Yeah, and he uses a also uses this blow-up clown doll his mom gave this him. This lame Stupid. gift his mom gave him. Yeah. It was supposed to be this pool float. Yeah. But well, it was terrifying. This scares Hector out of the suite. Back in Miami, God literally rains vengeance down upon <laughs> the McAllisters. Yes. As the entire family is miserable. One, they can't find Kevin again. Right. And two, they're forced to ride out there what was supposed to be a wonderful holiday. A sunny, oh, nice, yeah. warm holiday. Right. Yeah. They're forced to ride it out in their hotels as a thunderstorm rages. Totally negates their reason <laughs> for going to Florida in the first place for Christmas. And it is wonderful and satisfying yes. to see. Thank you. Kevin I in know. his hotel is having a great time. But finds out that he has a relative in New York. Uncle Rob. Right. His dad's brother. And he finds that through his dad's address book. And Kevin declares, maybe I'll pay Uncle Rob a visit. He gives great gifts. Because everybody in the McAllister family is really Yeah, rich. that's right. Because, yeah, he was the one in Paris. So, yeah, I'm sure yeah. he gives great gifts. He then finds a picture of his family and has a moment where he seems to miss them. So it's starting. Yeah. kind of, you know, slowly but surely, Horribly. you know, Kevin begins to miss his family. Kate, who is still hard to feel sorry for, also has a moment where she stares out the window. And, you know, it, it appears that Kate and Kevin had this connection. Yeah. But... You know, I just don't... It's still hard to buy after no. how... Yeah, it is. You know? And it really kind of stays that way, honestly. Yeah. I, I, I'm not really... You're just, you just kind of have to force yourself to go along with yeah, the I mean, forgiveness part of it, because yeah. it's not enough to me. As Kevin enters the hotel lobby the next morning, he's approached by a very apologetic Mr. Hector, who's worried about what happened the previous night. You know, like he got busted <laughs> yeah. sneaking around. Kevin dismisses him and leaves the hotel, but due to Mr. Hector's blunder to kind of cover up what happened, he gives Kevin a limo and a cheese pizza oh my to gosh. take him around New York for the day, so Kevin has Kevin's his like, cheese pizza. I am good. Yep. Oh, I know. His little cheese pizza, bless him. But Hector's not completely done. He decides to check on the credit card that, you know, it's Kevin's dad, right. it's Peter's, because Peter is missing his bag. He should have known that Kevin had it, but, you know, when you don't know, you don't know. So he reported the card stolen, and Hector finds right. that the cards are stolen. So, you know, while Kevin's around yeah, gallivanting, gotcha. Hector's like, I got you. Yeah. Meanwhile, Marv and Harry devised their plan in New York, the Sticky Bandits. <laughs> now, remember, the brains of the outfit is Harry and Joe Which Pesci. that's, I mean, brains is, is being generous, but yes. Yes, so they decide that they're going to rob... A toy store. Like the, a massive... A ma Duncan's Toy Chest. Famous toy store. Yes. Yeah. Since toy stores are filled with cash due to Christmas shopping. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it is smart if you're a criminal. Right, right. Later that day, Kevin happens upon Duncan's Toy Chest, the, 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 the store in question. Yes. Which is not a real toy store, but was actually based on FAO Schwartz. You know, a lot of people wondered if... if yeah, that was my first question. I was like, oh, is this, is this yeah. uh, based on FAO Schwartz? No, Duncan's Toy Chest actually is not a real toy store it was based on an fao schwarz in fact uh i believe based on what i read they filmed duncan's toy chest actually in chicago they filmed oh, okay. those scenes they didn't actually film that's funny <laughs> that in new york yeah i don't know so there he meets mr duncan himself played by actor eddie bracken a very kind man and notifies kevin that he's donating all the money he makes 
to this children's hospital. Kevin is moved by this and gives a donation. I mean, it's, you know, a little buddy. kid giving their money. That's you know, because when you're a kid, you know, your allowance. I know, is, right? Is, is, is like five dollars to your name? They, yeah, yeah I mean, that's like rich. Having thousands. <laughs> Mr. Duncan is moved by this and allows Kevin to choose a small item from a Christmas tree on the which is near the register, and he recommends a pair of turtle dove Christmas ornaments. These two white mm-hmm. turtle doves. He gives him two, so he can give one to someone, so Kevin can give one to someone dear to him, since doves are symbols of friendship and love. So you you kind of see Kevin get him. Yeah. And then you forget about him. I mean, really. When yeah. I was a kid. I mean, know, he's moved, and he's, he's, he's like, wow, thanks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kevin doesn't forget, but I mean, like, when you're watching the movie, it's kind of like, okay, Kevin got a turtle. Like, these that's turtle a kind of a, we'll bookmark this for later thing. Right. Like, you know it's probably going to come back. Which, by the way, about uh, Duncan, I, I remember thinking... Is this? I, I want. I mean, maybe this is just a kid thing. I was like, is he Santa? Like, is this a Santa thing? Because yeah, of the right. way he was I could so, see that. yeah, he was so like jovial and sweet. I was like, are we gonna see him fly off on a sleigh later? Oh, like that, that was that like w- that would have been kind of how I felt. It's how he made me feel. And then I was like, he's not Santa, but he's still a great guy. <laughs> well, outside of Duncan, <laughs> maybe he's an yeah. elf. Well, outside of Duncan's, the bandits spot Kevin. They actually see him and they approach him. They're oh, like, Lord. look who it is, and they go up to him. <laughs> And Kevin screams the classic Kevin scream and takes off running. Which is what you should do if you were ever yes. in public and someone comes right. after you. Make you a scream scene. your freaking no, head off. Make a scene. It make was perfect. A scene. It is true. You should do that. Yeah. It was actually textbook what you should do. The bandits give chase. Kevin narrowly escapes and runs back to the hotel where Mr. Hector confronts him. So he, he gets away from the wet bandits. Mm-hmm. But now he's got to deal with Hector and the hotel staff. <laughs> Which finds that he's been staying there with, in their mind, you know, a stolen credit card. Right. They, they don't realize the situation. You know, who, who thinks a kid's been left somewhere, you know? Right, exactly. Kevin runs from Hector and the hotel staff and narrowly escapes them. Once up to the room, Kevin raids the fridge, like basically grabs a stack of cookies and stuff, stuffs it in his bag. And just like in the first film, uses the scene from the movie to confuse and humiliate <laughs> someone. Yes. And this, in the first movie, it was Marv. In this film... In the sequel, it's Mr. Hector and the hotel staff. He plays loudly the scene where... Where he mows uh, down the unfaithful chick. Yeah. And it makes the hotel staff think they're getting shot at. So Kevin's able to And it's, it's a really funny scene. It scheme. is fun. It is funny. It's funny because... Of Tim Curry. Ki- Tim Curry. <laughs> His reaction's no. like... No, like when he's accusing of running uh, yeah. around with all yeah. these people. Because <laughs> in the scene, the gangster is... is is um, accusing the woman of running around like you smooched with my brother, you smooched with all these people. And then one of the guys actually happens to be Cliff named or Cliff. something. Yeah. yeah, and he's like, no, not uh, me. Like, but <laughs> it's Tim cute. Curry embarrassed and trying to act like he's in control of a situation he has no control over. <laughs> he's perfect. It's just because it's Tim Curry. Right, it's magic. And he's just delightful and just a, a wonderful performer. Yeah. So it's hilarious, but Kevin is able to to uh, confuse and and make them feel like they're getting shot at, you know, because <laughs> of the movie scene. He escapes the hotel and falls right into the arms of the Sticky Bandits, who capture him. They sit. They see him. They actually saw him run into the right. hotel. And when he escapes out the back of the hotel, they got him. Marv, who's dumb, right. spills the beans about their plan to. Rob Duncan's toy chest, not realizing that Kevin actually has met Duncan, has right. been there, has met Mr. Duncan, and has had like a moment with him. Yeah, so he's like, okay, the well, connection. I can't allow them to do that. Kevin also really, you know, has a very quick decision, thinks on his feet, 
Kevin's very smart. Yeah. He records all of this on the talk boy. Yeah, he's 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 smart. Kevin is able to escape. And this this is just again, Kevin I, I very resourceful, and it seems like in this film he kind of does a lot of things off the cuff, recording, yeah. you know, recording the uh, bad guys. Um, He's smarter than I am in that kind of situation. Well, I'm pretty sure. The way he escapes from the sticky bandits here is he, they're at a crosswalk, and he sees an attractive woman, and mm-hmm. he pinches her backside. Oh, Kevin! She turns around, and the woman thinks that it's Marv <laughs> and Harry, which so, honestly would not be far fetched uh, right. behavior for Marv. So she punches them out. This woman is not to be messed with. No, absolutely. Yeah. Not. When she looks back at Mar, Mar's like, well, "Hello." Like, oh, I guess <laughs> she, I attracted her. She's like, "No." <laughs> Hard pass. Um. Yeah. So Kevin is able to escape. At any rate, now Kevin wants to go home. Kevin is ready to get home because now he's on the street and he feels unsafe. Yeah, as he should. The family back in Miami. Continues in their misery, stuck in the hotel. The storm continues, which serves you right. But, you know, at the same time, you know, we, we want them all back together. Right. Kate gets a call and finds that Kevin is in New York City because the police was able to, were able to uh, trace the, the credit cards. Right. The family now heads to New York. But they have ways to go before they get there. You know, they can't just, you know, they still got to get a flight. They got to, you know, it's the holidays. It's nuts. There's no John Candy in sight, so... Yeah. We don't get that healing balm. Right. So Kevin has now been threatened by the Sticky Bandits. He has been thrown out on the street because of the hotel, the whole credit card, Mr. Hector. Right. So he decides to go to his Uncle Rob's for safety. However, Uncle Rob is not home. And not only that, his house is under renovation. So it's not so really. It's, a wreck. it's not even a place to that he can be at. No. So Kevin is essentially, excuse me, out on the street. It runs into some very unfriendly, sketchy types of people. Kevin stops in Central Park to eat a snack. It's it's looking very bleak. He's scared. Yeah. He doesn't have a place to go. And he decides to feed some pigeons that are nearby with, with the cookies he has. Aww. And the pigeons are nearby because Pigeon Lady is there. Yes. She appears. Again, frightening Kevin. The problem is Kevin has rested against a boulder and has gotten his foot stuck between two of these big rocks. Yeah. She helps him. And Kevin realizes that she is a actual gentle and kind person kevin offers her hot chocolate she seems taken aback that someone would offer something she seems to be someone who is either overlooked or misunderstood or used to unkindness yeah or used to unkindness you know but it's very clear that she's a very kind person very kind so i I love 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 her so Kevin buys her hot chocolate, and she said, and he says, you know, do you know a place we can go that's warm? And she does. She takes him to the balcony of a concert hall, where I guess that's probably where she stays. Probably. In the midst, of, and there's a symphony. They watch a symphony. So as the symphony music plays, they're up in this this big room. They share hot chocolate, and they become friends. Yeah. Kevin finds that the pigeon lady, which we never get her name. I know. I'm sad about. Which that. is interesting. Uh, he finds that she's lonely and misunderstood. And Kevin ha- is able to bond with her over that. Yeah. That's how he feels in his family. Yeah. He also finds that she's homeless. She once had a home, a job, and was apparently married, but her husband left her and she had run upon hard times and decided to essentially shut all people out of her life. Yeah. Like with Mr. Marley, Kevin learns from the lady, but also gives her wisdom about opening her heart to love again. Yeah. She seems to be, uh, to, that seems to have make an impression on her. 
After a few moments, Kevin leaves the lady, both having made an impression on each other. Right. Kevin has a mission, right? Yep. Operation Ho Ho Ho. (laughs) (laughs) Kevin returns to his Uncle Rob's home. This is actually proactive. You know, technically Kevin has gotten away. The problem is Kevin cannot allow the sticky bandits to steal money from Mr. Duncan, right. thereby stealing money from these kids. Kevin Right, is, because it's all it's all charity money. This right. is this is strictly for charity. So they they're not only robbing a, ch- a kids store, they're robbing money that's meant to help ailing children. Right. This is terrible. Yes. Yeah, so so in the first movie Kevin was playing defense, in the second movie Kevin is on, He's the, going offensive, on the offense, which I thought was really really interesting. Yes. So yeah, that's Kevin's plan. So he's going to somehow stop the Sticky Bandits from stealing the money from the Children's Hospital. Meanwhile, at the Plaza Hotel, the McAllisters are on the trail of Kevin, and they've arrived, and they begin to berate Mr. Hector and the hotel staff for their handling of Kevin. Yeah. Which isn't really satisfying. No. Because honestly, one, it's been kind of fun watching Tim Curry in the movie. And two, the McAllisters are in no moral position to lecture anyone about being responsible with a kid no they've raised buzz who is an unrestrained morally bankrupt individual right the rest of their kids we don't even really get to meet and the one decent kid they have they <clears throat> overlook him they treat their one decent kid like crap right and this is this is where we soapbox this is yeah we're this is a hill we die on sorry but but now kate is ready to be super She's ready to be yeah super yeah right, super right, right. mom the she mor- in, morality police she insists on searching for kevin as she should. <laughs> oh, of course. But, well, Peter wants to go first, and she's like, no, I'm going, you know. And she's like, if Kevin can make it, I can. Doubt it. No, incorrect. Doubt it. Which she admits to later. I think the one thing that, that, that has made, that has set Kevin apart in the first movie and in the second movie mm-hmm. is that Kevin actually cares about other people. In the first he film, does. In the first film, he, re- he cared about Mr. Marley enough to speak to him about his family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which changed Mr. Marley's life. Yeah. In the second movie, he really seems to ca- shows his care for other people. With yeah, it's the not pigeon, just with one person. With this pigeon time. lady, <clears throat> and with the children's hospital. Yeah. And I don't see that at all from the rest of it's his family. It's not. It's not. It's obviously something he uniquely got because he did not get it from his family. Yeah. Well, Duncan's is closed, and Harry and Marv in the toy store. Harry and Marv, the Sticky Bandits had been hiding inside the whole time and come out and robbed the store. This is Christmas Eve. Kevin, who knew about the plan, catches them in the act of stealing the money, takes their picture with his Polaroid camera, which we have. We have that exact we, I know. I freaked Brooke, out. I was like, Toby, that's yes, ours. Brooke has it. It's right up there. I'm pointing at it. Maybe we'll have to take a picture with it. It's a Polaroid spectra. The problem is the film is... What is it? It's it's special order. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. It's you have to you have to specially order, it and it's kind of expensive. But, but. and we were bummed about that. But now I'm like, oh wait, we have a relic from Home Alone. Yes. Uh, so and also would like to thank Mar for a nod to Hanukkah, even though he is stealing money from children in this. Yeah. In this what is it? What's the nod to Hanukkah? Because he's because because uh, um, Harry goes Merry Christmas, Harry, and he goes Happy Hanukkah, Marv. While they're stealing. Yes, we do appreciate that. So, thanks, even though you're committing crime. Hanukkah's over. We have, we have the, our electric menorah here fully lit. Yeah, we keep we, we basically keep the menorahs up until New, After Year's, New Year's. Because, yeah. why not? It's December. Who um, wants to let that stuff go? I know. So, we have all our menorahs lit, and now we also have our stockings up. Our Hanukkah stockings, but right. they can double as Christmas stockings. Um, yeah, we're here for all the lights and all the decorations. Yes, indeed. Tacky decorations. No, I'm just kidding. They're not tacky. They're sweet. So, again, Kevin catches them, takes the picture... 
and then throws a rock through the window, which triggers the alarm at Duncan's toy chest. Right. Causing the bandits to have to leave the scene. They have to steal, which they have a massive bag full of money, and then they got to leave the store to pursue Kevin, you know, because he has evidence. Yes, he's got the pictures. Kevin lures them back to Uncle Rob's, actually just missing Kate, who was there looking for him. Ugh. As Kate leaves, Kevin arrives with the sticky bandits <laughs> in hot pursuit. As the bandits arrive, Kevin has made it to the top of the building, and then they start talking. Like, Kevin's at the top of the building yeah. talking to Marvin Harry at the bottom. Provoking them. At, after what happened the previous year, Harry, who again is the brains of the outfit, right? Yeah. He knows Kevin is a formidable foe. Like, we, yes. We, this is not a normal kid. He said that even earlier in the film. He said, this kid's not normal. <laughs> Because exactly. you're Marvel, just a kid. And he's like, Do no, you not, not this remember kid. last year? Like, not this kid. <laughs> he attempts to reason with Kevin from the ground, saying, Look, just throw down your camera, throw down the pictures, yep. and we'll leave you alone. Instead, Kevin throws down bricks <laughs> a series of four bricks, yeah. all four of them hitting Marv. <laughs> And Marv just becoming complete. He should be dead. Yeah, honestly. Brooke kept saying that he should be dead. Like, this should be, like, thus perished Marv. Like, this is not. No. Yeah, you they know, should they should have been dead in the first movie though. Yeah, again, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> again, as in the first movie, you really can't do justice to I'd say about the next fifteen minutes or so. I mean, because because <laughs> yeah. after the the four bricks hit Marv, it begins. It's awful. We find that Kevin has booby trapped his uncle Rob's house. Yes, and you really got to watch the movie to get the full experience. It's so good. So I obviously, love the sequence. Kevin has death trapped his uncle. Literally house. death trapped. I am only going to, t- <laughs> we are only, just like with the tarantula with Marv, yeah. which I think Marv, Marv is the funniest of the stickers. He is image. such a good physical comedian. His facial expressions, the way he moves his body. Joe Pesci's, ex- uh, his um, reactions are funny. Oh, yeah, yeah. But Marv is just all funny. And what is our favorite part? <laughs> our favorite part, actually, is I'd say right towards the end, right? Yeah. Uh, after Kevin has done so much to them. I mean, they're covered in paint. It's it's truly as bad They've, as it could be. Marv's been electrocuted. That scene was always both my favorite and, and scared me really bad. I don't yeah. know if anybody else, the, the scene where he got electrocuted and turned into a skeleton yeah. and then not, that bothered the crap out of me, but I was totally obsessed with it at the same time. But Kevin runs all the way upstairs and yes. Marv and Harry have somehow survived Right, because they got separated, and then they got yeah, back together. Barely hanging on to their sanity. And <laughs> their lives. In immense pain. Marv's covered in paint. And Kevin screams from upstairs, are you guys ready to give up? <laughs> and Marv's response, never! <laughs> he straightens like his body. Like freaking Robin Hood suddenly. puts his hand on his hip. <laughs> never! And I spent most of my childhood doing that. Yeah. When oh, anything all, yeah. would ever happen. It was so great. I mean, Daniel Stern is hilarious. <laughs> never! Well... After utterly destroying the Sticky Bandits, you know, again, watch the film if you haven't already seen it. But yeah, we, know. we can't do justice to talking about every little thing that they do. You just got to watch it. But I will say this: this is an important um, detail. You do need to know that Harry and Marv, by the end of this thing, because this whole house is in a renovation, they're covered in varnish. A bunch of oh, they, it's awful. They fall off the building because Kevin lights the rope on fire. It's a whole thing. Oh, it's funny. But. They get covered in varnish, which is wood stain, real sticky stuff. I yeah. used to, because when I worked with my dad at his cabinet shop, I hated working with the stain. Yeah. You know, it smells real strong and it's real sticky, really adherent. And they get buckets of them. Oh, buckets, buckets of them. Buckets of them so pour on them. You know, well, Kevin is able to, again, 
He utterly destroys the Sticky Bandits and escapes from Uncle Rob's house. But they're able to catch up with him. Kevin slips on ice. Yep. And it kind of knocks him silly. So the Bandits take Kevin to Central Park, where Harry... It gets kind of serious, because yeah. Harry pulls a gun, which didn't happen in the first movie. Right. It is covered in varnish, but... It's a gun. It, it gets pretty intense. Yeah, when for he a second you're gun. like, okay, this is much worse. Yeah. <laughs> this is much worse. But just like Mr. Marley comes to Kevin's rescue in the first film, Pigeon Lady comes to But Kevin's not rescue. before the nice nod to like a horror movie starts because Right, because these birds kind of start flying. And Marv's like, Harry. And the way they film it, like he's looking up and, and the camera feels different. <laughs> like so, something feels this isn't right. We need to yeah, go. Well And the, yeah, the way they film it, it's suddenly like the birds. It was like, like a horror Alfred movie. Alfred Hitchcock. Scene, yeah. Like it reminds me of like the birds. Well, Pigeon Lady shows up and throws massive a massive bucket of bird seed. Yes. And because of the varnish, it's stuck to them. So the birds just attack. The birds <laughs> attack. And she's like <laughs> Yeah, and Marv gives his famous tarantula scream. Oh, it's just I love it. Yeah. And this allows, of course, Kevin to escape, set off fireworks. The cops yeah, swarm. Like, Run, Kevin. Yeah. 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 And the cops swarm. That's right, because he had called them. He said, hey, He's, the yeah. sticky bandits or whatever, look for fireworks. Yeah, yeah. And then he hung up. He sets the, you know, Kevin is able to alert the authorities who arrest the sticky bandits. And it also Marv provides. Marv just spills the beans. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. The Marv did, yeah. But they also have Kevin's pictures and his cassette tape that he recorded that had the whole thing so is it, what, is it, what does it say bad guys threatening to yeah, kill me yeah <laughs> so, that's so something like our kid would write yes and i thought it was interesting too that the sticky bandits literally become sticky yeah which is what calls self-fulfilling their downfall. prophecy yeah. back at the toy store as the cops wrap up the crime scene there mr duncan finds the rock that kevin threw and reads the note where Kevin apologizes for breaking the window, but it turns out, of course, Kevin saved the day. And you so know, of sweet. course, and he said, do you, "He's like, do you have insurance? Like, if if I ever make it back to Chicago, I'll give you some money." Yeah, like, it's and wow. heartbreaking. It's, it's and Mr. Duncan's because like, he's, "Wow, he's a little know. heart." Kate, meanwhile, is not getting any help on the street finding Kevin. You know, she's not doing. She's well. also approaching. I feel like the wrong people that probably wouldn't. Yeah, know. but I I, I got to be honest with you. If if I couldn't find my kid, I think yeah. anything that no. moved, I would I would. No, you're right. You know. Unfortunately, John Candy does not come to her rescue. No. no Gus Polinsky, but she does run into a very kind police officer played by Ron Canada. They're sitting there looking like they're on patrol, kind of just, you know, chilling. Kate has another realization. She calls Kevin brave. She calls him resilient. And due to his love for Christmas, she has an She epiphany. also says that he, she goes, she goes, oh, he's fine. I know it. I would be dead in a ditch. Right. She's like, he, yeah. he she, is yeah. different. He's not like me. Yes. Absolutely. And I was like, you needed to say that out loud, yeah. honey. You need to be saying that when your idiot older son treats him like garbage. Right. Again, we're going to die on this hill. Uh, the police officer, you know, he has compassion on her and allows her to hop in the car because she has an epiphany. She goes, oh my God, oh my I know gosh. where he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, where's the biggest Christmas tree in New York? Yeah. Right. Rocks, and you know, Rockefeller it's Center. It's not a dang palm tree. Right. So Kevin is indeed at Rockefeller Center. You know. This part makes me upset. Yeah. Rock Center Christmas will go for it. Because, at, because Kev, and, Kevin's at the Rock Center Christmas right, tree. And he's having his, his usual end of the movie kind of epiphany. Praying to the big tree. Right. Because in the first movie, it's, you know, he's in the church. He's like, oh, what, is it in the church? Or is it, I haven't been too good this year. And um, where, where was he that? He tells the, the fake Santa that. That's that. Okay, okay, okay. And then I think he goes to the church to kind of do that as well. I think he, essentially Mr. Marley was kind of part of that. That's right. Because it's the same moment. Right. Because, like but, I said, these, these movies have a very precise formula that works. But here it's. He's, he's talking he's, to the big Christmas tree. Right, and he's like, I haven't really been too good this year. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Hold on me. a second. You single-handedly captured 
you know, these criminals, you were treated like garbage. You were gave some of your at the own airport. money to this toy store. Right. You're homeless right now. You are a homeless child right now. And yet you weren't. So that. And I you're think, praying forgiveness. Like, I, I would just love to see my mom one more yeah, time. And who, Buzz, even if he doesn't take. But, yeah, I think what wow. bothered me about this was like, okay. The, I mean, now, again, again, like I get. That when we watch these movies, we are suspending reality, no, and we are meant Some to of this is for the sake of the narrative. accept what we're given. And I and I'm here for it. I'm not like I'm not one of those people that tries to find dirt in a snowstorm. I no. promise. However, I think and again, this is just the mom part of me that wasn't okay because if my kid, if if something that I did, mm-hmm. which let's be honest, this is all Catherine O'Hare and their family. Yeah, you know, they are negligent. It's their fault. But if my kid was the one sitting there going, "This is all my fault because I'm bad." Right. I I have actually successfully ruined his image of himself. Yeah. And I think that's what bothered me. He's like, sweet Kevin is point. so resourceful. We didn't think about that. I thought about it, and it made me cry later. Um, Because I was like, this child, who is so gifted, so crazy smart, thinks he's bad no thinks matter he's what. the problem. Because of all these horrible things that his family is doing yeah, them. They're just not worthy of them. And I'm like, sorry. Yeah. And I just, I think that, and again, the, I'm, I'm treating this as if it was absolutely yeah. reality. I know it's a movie, but the, it's, again, I can't take the mom part of me off. Well, so as a mom, I was like, if my kid ever thought that, I don't know what I would do. Kevin shows himself to be the best person in his family. Yes. And as he's doing this, you know, as Brooke just described, yeah. Kate finds him. They apologize to each other and they embrace. Yeah. After Brooke shares has shared that, which yeah. I I really agree with, it's again it's hard to be like oh everything's lackluster for me now. and it's again it's because I'm an adult and like I'm a mom and it's yeah. different and we're not perfect parents but oh, but God, I'm just no, saying but but good grief come on no. y'all but again I have not lost again, the magic of these movies just because we're discussing would, it doesn't mean I would have drop kicked my son <laughs> if I found out he was treating his little sister that way or oh, some yeah. other little kid or if, ridiculous yeah but again. Again, like like I said, I don't want anyone to think that, oh, we're trying to poke holes in this great, no, awesome movie. No, some of this is for the sake of, it's a movie. You're meant to buy what you're being sold but in I think this there movie. are some lessons to be learned. But yeah, God forbid we, we be those kinds of parents in real life. No. That's, that's my only you thing. You need to listen to your family. You need to listen. You need to value each other. But golly, if you've it got- It is a if, cautionary tale. If you have a kid like Buzz, something has gone wrong along the way. <laughs> yes, before Kevin ever got there. It's not always the parents' fault, but st- but, no. but but it's clearly when no. We wa- and some kids really but, are nuts. No, but when we watch this, it's clear that they don't restrain Buzz. It's clear. Yeah, it's clear that there is a parenting issue. It's not just you know we all have that one kid that we're like, where'd you come from? But no, it's not that. Sorry, I don't mean to. I just I guess I want to make sure that I'm speaking to an issue that I feel about, but I also right. don't want to take away from the fact that this is a great '90s movie and yeah, you should we watch it. it. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway. So back at the plaza, all is well. Yes. Bad guys are arrested. Kevin's back with his family. I guess that's okay for Kevin. Well, he's at least not alone. The family spends Christmas Eve at the plaza. They wake up mysteriously Christmas morning to presents filling the suite, courtesy of Mr. Duncan. Yeah. Because of Kevin. Kevin. Buzz, as the family gathers around, Buzz has a a shred, and I'm talking, it's like a paper-thin shred of Mm. humanity. Let me hand it to this actor. 
yeah. who, who did a, a fantastic job. I'm not speaking on the, the actor, uh, Devin or Trey, personally. Right. I'm just saying, you did a great job. You convinced us all to hate you. <laughs> yeah. For years, for decades of my life, I've hated you. Yeah. Now, I mean, obviously, you know, we don't we don't apply that to him personally. No. But, I mean, what, what a great performance. For real. Uh, as far as making us really hate this guy. Yeah. Buzz has a shred of humanity and gives Kevin credit for their situation in front of the family and allows him to open the first gift of Christmas morning. Except not really. They just hand it to him. Right. And then it's pandemonium. Yeah, it's ceremonious though. Yeah. As the family <laughs> dives sweet. in. But Kevin, as the family dives into the presents, Kevin's still the better man, cannot open his gifts yet. He's got He looks at the Christmas tree and sees the two turtle doves that he got from Mr. Duncan. He knows what he has to do. He sneaks away. And I'd like to add, they don't notice. And now they comes, don't notice he leaves no, the hotel. No. I just, I'm just gonna say it. And now comes the part where if you haven't cried yet, <sighs> this is where you would cry. He visits the lady as she feeds the birds in the park, and he tells her, "Merry Christmas." She says, "Merry Christmas." But Kevin then presents her with the turtle dove. Mm-hmm. She's like, "What's this?" <laughs> it's what he says. Yeah, it's not the gift. What does he tell her? He says, it's, they're turtle doves. And he's like, you have one, and I have one. Yeah. You know, and as long as we have a turtle dove, we'll, we'll think be, of each other. We'll right? be friends, oh, friends forever. Yeah, we'll That's be friends it. forever. And, and he said, I'll never forget you. Trust is me. What does, yeah, he goes, I, I won't forget to remember you. He tells her that earlier. But when he gives her the turtle dove and says, we'll be friends forever. Yeah. This truly touches the lady. I'm getting a little watery. Oh, It's so sweet because how many people out there... Yeah. You know, and how many times do you get hurt and, and, and life can rough you up and, you, and you're just like, you know, I'm done. And then you, you have this 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 ray of light, you know, yeah. and, and you have hope again, you know. And I think that this this well, that was what it was for the ladies. Like, oh, my gosh, like there is there are good people out there yeah, and, and I can. Open- and interestingly enough, now in the first one, Kevin's uh, Kevin's counsel for her ended up leading to him and his family. Uh, Mr. Marley. Yeah, yeah, yes, Mr. Marley. I always forget his name. Uh, probably because I think it's wrong because we've been watching A Muppet Christmas Carol and I right. think it's Marley. But um, for this one, it's actually to Kevin. Yeah. There's not anybody else. She opens her heart to Kevin. And that would lead to, I think, giving her hope in the future. Right. So this truly touches the lady. They hug. She embraces him. Yeah. Having become true friends, and I truly believe that, that that's going to help her moving forward in life. Yeah. Because she seems like a well-spoken, intelligent lady. Oh, yeah. I think the reason why she s- stays in her situation with the birds and being homeless, I mm-hmm. think, is because this is what she feels like she deserves. Mm-hmm. And I think that's w- where she's at with her self-worth. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that with, with this, what happened with Kevin, I think that she realizes, no, I am. I can do this again. I can try again. Yeah. You know. And I'd like to point out to an illusion. I've been thinking about it, and I had to look it up. Um, but, you know, when I was a kid, I grew up watching uh, Mary Poppins. Uh-huh. And one of the key songs from that movie is Feed the Birds. Yeah, and I don't watch it because it's sad. About a, bird lo- about a bird lady. Well, I have you know I have funny stories about it. Yeah. But um, I looked it up, and she does allude to that song. Oh, really? Yes. I forget the moment, but she does allude to it. And the thing that's interesting about that is because in that song, Mary Poppins is talking, you know, feed the birds, top in the back. But it's because she, it, there's a, a line in the song that says all around the cathedral, the saints and apostles look down as she sells her wares, uh-huh. but she's smiling. The, these great people look down at her and smile because every time someone shows that they cares, uh-huh. she smiles. So she's this selfless 
kind woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked it. I mean, I think that's part of why they didn't give her a name. Right. To me. To me, I interpret that as she is this person who has found their way into folklore and song because yeah. she represents kindness to the least of these. Oh, definitely. And that's what I love yeah, about Yeah, that's her. why I, I don't want to say, oh, you're better than just being a bird lady because I think if that's what oh, makes no, her but happy. She, yeah, but she is But I do think that, that she's also worthy to move forward in life mm-hmm. and if she wants to get back out there yeah. and find love again and or just she, do just do her yeah. like just you know whatever she wants to do right yeah i mean that's but i but i did love that illusion because yeah. i think of feed the birds and i think of that song and right. she's found her way into that folklore almost for kevin kevin's gonna go home he's not gonna know right but he'll always remember this kind selfless woman who took care of birds yeah absolutely and so i don't know i love that but the film isn't over yet back oh. at the back at the plaza hotel Cedric, the butler, knocks on the door and presents Buzz, who comes to the door, the room service bill from the entire time Kevin was there. Right. <laughs> and we see everything that Kevin has ordered. <laughs> all sweets and of yeah. all kinds of, or as Brooke says, she, <laughs> all these syrups. Because it's like caramel syrup, strawberry syrup, yeah. chocolate syrup. I'm like, what, how, how many syrups do you need, kid? Custard flan and all these syrups. Yes. And then I guess probably just the, the nights are probably on there too, right? I don't know. It was room service. Oh apparently. my god, that was just room service. Oh. Nine hundred and sixty-seven dollars and forty-three cent in nineteen ninety-two. Yes. So even more. Almost thirty years ago. Yep. Lord. Buzz back to being a convict. <laughs> All right. Relish Sorry. relishes looking at what Kevin has done. He's mm. like, mm-hmm, "Merry Christmas, indeed." And he calls. He goes, "Oh, Dad!" Calls for Peter. As Kevin is sharing his moment with the lady, yeah, they're hugging. He's interrupted when he hears Peter scream, "Kevin!" The intuitive voice in his yeah. heart, I guess. And this time it's Peter. Kevin, you spent nine hundred sixty-seven dollars on room service. <gasps> Kevin looks surprised and dashes back to the hotel. Yep, and dashes back to the hotel as it fades to black. And that is Home Alone Two. So, oh, so good. We hope you guys enjoyed it. And I hope you enjoyed our cameo from our son. Yes, actually, yeah, <laughs> the youngest tape store cameo. Employee. So we maybe it'll, maybe you'll hear our daughter next time. Yeah, who knows? She's not coming yet. Yeah, she's she's busy on her. No, she's on her little tablet thing. Yes. Oh yeah. Technology, it does serve a purpose. Well, guys, we hope you enjoyed this. Oh, and here comes Josie. You want to say bye to everybody? We're just, talking. It's just me and mommy. You want to say bye? Bye. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Well, guys, if you have been with us, especially during this holiday season, you know, if you have taken the time to listen, we really appreciate it. As always, your time is limited. Your time is valuable. Any time you spend with us, it means a great deal. We love you, and we hope things are going well for you, especially in this holiday season. So what is it, buddy? No more chocolate. Yeah. We're going to go ahead and sign off, though, (laughs) before, because once we get both of them in here, it's over. You can have one of those. You can have one of those. Peppermint bark. No, one. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much. Where can they find us, Brooks? All right. So if you're on social media, you can find us on Instagram at The Tape Store. We're also on TikTok by the same name. Uh, If you are on Twitter, The Tape Store Pod. And then, of course, if you'd like to send us an email, you certainly can at thetapestorepodcast at gmail.com. Please give us a shout out. Give us a rating. It only takes a second. Yes, we've seen a couple of ratings. It's made it's brightened yeah. our day. We're so happy that you guys are enjoying yeah. our little humble nineties show. We're we're loving it. Yes. And on this chilly Christmas Eve here in Georgia, 
We close the doors to the tape store and we say happy holidays. I got to check the dates. I don't know. I'm sure when New Year's is and stuff. So I know, geez. we'll see. Uh, we will be in touch though when our next episode will be. It will definitely be next week around that time. Yeah. But anyways, have a happy holidays, guys. This is Toby. And this is Brooke. Bye. Merry Christmas. <laughs>